Is your spouse ever selfish or maybe a little self-absorbed? Well, what if it's time to fight fire with fire? That's right. Today, I share how you can make your marriage better, happier, and more fulfilling by being self-centered. This is not a gimmick. You are not being manipulated. You truly must become more self-centered to improve your marriage. But how can this be? Everything about self-centeredness has negative vibes, right? Well, there's a reason for that. One of the things you'll find in life is that anything good is quickly followed by a destructive counterfeit. The counterfeit of love is lust, of guilt is shame, or the counterfeit of gratitude is arrogance. These are not opposites like hot or cold. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. They are slight differences that take you from a path of joy to one of darkness. Ironically, being self-centered has been labeled as counterfeit. But in truth, being self-centered can be a power for good, while selfishness is its counterfeit. Let me put it this way. If you've ever flown on a plane, they tell you if there's an emergency and the masks drop to put yours on first before helping any family members or fellow passengers. Whoa, so selfish. No, Not at all. Because if you spend all your time focusing on whether or not other people are doing what they're supposed to do, you'll pass out, be useless, and possibly even die. So it's not the act itself that determines whether something is okay or selfish. It is the intent or the why behind the act. To be self-centered is to focus on your choices, your actions, attitudes, thoughts, your health, your goals, and so on. And when your intent or your why is founded in your relationships with others, in particular with your spouse, it becomes an act of courage that will feed your marriage. But the counterfeit selfishness is to have that inward focus without any regard to your outward relationships. To be self-centered then is to focus on yourself for what it makes possible with others. Do you want to improve your relationship with your spouse? Stop worrying about what they should be doing and get 100% focused on what you can do and be so self-centered that if they don't jump on board, it doesn't even matter. You'll keep doing what's right because it's right. I would love to get in better shape. Maybe not enough to give up chocolate, but it is a frequent topic my wife and I discuss. And then she goes and cooks a delicious high-calorie meal. Or she fills the pantry with snacks for the kids, which I obviously have access to and must also eat. A selfish response would make it about me. Why doesn't she cook different meals? Why does she keep buying junk food snacks? Why isn't she helping me come up with ways to get sugar out of our house? A self-centered response still makes it about me, but with a twist. Where can I find healthy recipes recipes our whole family will love? What kind of healthy snacks can I buy or make to replace what's in the pantry? How can I do the cooking or shopping while we create these new habits? See, it's all about me. It's about my choices, my actions, my frame of mind, totally centered on myself. And the same pattern also applies to spiritual, mental, and emotional situations. Maybe you want to pray as a couple every day, but what if no matter how many times you bring it up, your spouse doesn't get on board. Get self-centered. What can you do to inspire change through your actions and attitude? Be an example by saying your personal prayers. How can you simplify the process of praying together? Maybe you can use an app like Marco Polo or send a voice text where you record yourself saying a couple's prayer for the day. It might not be ideal, but it's a start and you need to start because staying where you are does you no good. It keeps you focused on what your spouse could or should be doing to help or even what they are doing that's actually making it harder to reach a goal. That's blame. And even if blame is accurate, it doesn't move you toward a better outcome unless the person at fault is prepared to accept the blame and make changes. And frankly, 
Most of us are not self-centered enough to do that. Here's a pro tip. Consider that everything is your fault. And that is the best news possible. If it's your fault, then you have the power to change and improve until you get the desired result. This change in perspective is called a paradigm shift. How you have thought about self-centeredness is being completely changed. And there is nothing so scary to the human soul as facing change. For any positive change to have a lasting impact, it must be founded on a belief or purpose that is strong enough to endure daily resistance. Another name for your purpose is your why. You must have your why solidified in order to avoid the counterfeit of selfishness and to embrace this paradigm shift that will do more for your marriage than nearly any other tip I've shared so far. It's easy to ask, what's your why? But it's so much harder to create a real answer because we've been conditioned to not think about our own needs and wants. And we've been conditioned to abandon what matters most for what is needed now. I'll give you practical steps to overcome this, but first, let me share a story. Long ago, there was a gathering of friends, family, and a very special guest. One matron of the home was wholly focused on what was needed now to care for everyone else. So much so that she was missing precious time with her special guest. In contrast, her sister was not helping meet the current needs because she was so focused on the key guest. The matron was upset. How selfish of her sister. How could she abandon the needs of everyone else? So the matron complained to the guest and the guest disagreed. He said the sister had chosen the good part. The part that wouldn't go away. Why do you think this sister chose the good part? To get out of chores? I don't think so. I think she was being self-centered. I think she considered what she could control about connecting with the guest. She knew that food or no food, mess or no mess, it was the relationship that mattered most. And she could control where she put her efforts and who received her focus. And with that as her why... She made her choice, and now it's time for you to choose. Let's create your why right now. So when you are tempted to be selfish, you can instead be self-centered. When creating your why, begin by asking who matters most to you. Make a list of three or more people. It could include God, your spouse, any children, friends, or other family members. The key is not the number of people, but the honesty in which you answer who matters most. After you have your list of who, go through each one and ask, what is it that makes them matter most? And I honestly think this question is harder than just listing the who. The who seems simple, it's just a name. But to consider the what forces you to really focus on each individual. How do you see them? How do you connect with them? What pulls you closer? What goals, ambitions, dreams, future are they a part of? Once you've done that, it's time to ask the most important question. Read the first name along with your connected answer to the what question, then ask yourself this, do I believe that? Do I really, truly in my heart and soul believe that? Let go of any cognitive response and listen to your heart. You must pour yourself into this exercise to develop a why that will create lasting change. When you feel the answer, and if the answer is yes, then you now have one piece of your why. So what does this look like if I were doing the exercise now? Well, one of the names I would list as mattering most is my wife, Shanae. And I would ask, what is it about Shanae that makes her matter most to me? My response includes how she has walked through darkness, tightly holding my hand until we came out the other side together. She has done more, sacrificed more, and grown more than any other person in my life. And she has done those things in an effort to keep moving forward with me. She matters most because she has forgiven me more times than I deserve, laughed at more jokes that were undeserving, and stared me in the eyes countless times to let me know that she believes in me. 
She's my partner and my friend and I love her. And then I would ask myself, do I really in my gut, in my heart and my soul really believe that? And I absolutely do. This becomes my why for the next time she buys junk food or leaves a mess on her bed that I have to clean before I can sleep or whatever insignificant irritant takes place. I remember my why and I choose to be self-centered. What can I do? What can I choose that will make love, connection, strength more present and available? How can I serve her, love her, support her so that we can be as connected as possible? I make it all about me. But what if you and your spouse feel disconnected and you're not sure if they fit into the category of mattering most? Well, get self-centered and check out this video that gives you three questions to ask so you can work through frustration and get reconnected. Till next time, keep moving forward.